we'll continue to look at the vision of a, having the church to stretch, strengthen and send people locally, nationally and globally. As already been mentioned, there's about eight of us were down at the AOG uh, annual conference down in Harrogate this week. If I was the only one who'd been there, I could have preached one of the great messages I heard, but uh, I kind of got away with that in a mention. But the name of the conference was Move. Uh, move and move in different aspects. You know, we desire, we pray, we need a move of God in our nation. Uh, but we need the church to move as well. We need the church to be mobilized to move. If you look at the New Testament, there's a, uh, a clue when it says, like, walk in units of life, walk in life, walk in the light, walk carefully, walk in the spirit. It's like, I get up and walk, go, don't just sit still, move. Go implies move. And we need to move. And today, I want to look at a descending aspect, particularly of a, a vision statement and from examples from John the Baptist, I mean from the NIV version of John's Gospel. John's Gospel was a different guy from John the Baptist, but there was a man sent from God whose name was John, verse 6 says. He, became, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. We know the light is Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decisions, or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and his closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who do not, you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, Man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself do not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man in whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. 
I've seen him testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Look, and that's a great story. As we look at the life of John the Baptist, I trust you all know that his birth certificate did not say John the Baptist. It was just what he done. Okay. Uh, but he's got a great middle name, so famous by and used by so many others, like William the Conqueror, uh, uh, Robert the Bruce, Richard the Lionheart, Thomas the Tank Engine, Tiller the Hunt, Rupert the Bear, so many. The Baptist is what he did, but his name was John. Now, you need to forget all about those names I've just mentioned. But this is a story, and it starts here with John the Baptist. Our introduction to him is, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. And three lessons I want to speak about concerning the sending of John here. And the first is that he had a proper perspective. Part of the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose was for John to be sent on a mission to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. He was sent by God. I know our vision statement is and our aim is to strengthen and send people locally, nationally, and globally. But we need to ultimately recognize it's not us that are doing the sending, it's God that does the sending. It is God who does the sending. But we know when we are sent, we need to have a proper perspective who we are, who's sending us, where we're doing, where we're going. We need a proper perspective. But the foundation is knowing who we are. First of all, for everything, you need the security of knowing who you are. Kerry preached a great message a couple of weeks ago, and part of that was about our identity and knowing who we are. And it's so important to know who you are. You will never have the confidence to do anything unless you have a, a perspective and a proper perspective of, not, of who you are. And it's interesting, when John the Baptist was asked, when he was going about his life, his ministry, and other religious, religious leaders came and first asked him, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You know the song that is used to ruggers to people. Who are you? They asked him. And it's interesting. His first response to read was, it was who he was not. Who are you? They said, well, I'm not the Messiah. Interesting. Are you Elijah? No. Are you a prophet? No. And then you can sense the frustration building in them. Well, who, I nearly said something. Who are you? If that's not who you are, just tell us who you are. He says, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I, it's important for us to know who we're not and who we are. Sometimes we can have inflated egos about ourselves, but the reality is if we're getting sent, we need a proper perspective of who we are, and that means recognizing who we're not. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Like John, I need to recognize, and like you, we need to recognize who we're not. You know, I am not, I'm not John, I'm not God. None of us are God. Okay, my wife's already told me what I'm not there. Yeah. says, I'm not the one. John says, I'm not the one. And whenever we're doing, we need to recognize we're not the one. We're sent by the one. We're a servant of the one. We're a voice. That's why we're a voice. We're a voice. I'm not a singing voice. I'm not a worship leader. I'm not a kids worker. I'm not a youth worker. I'm not an IT wizard. I'm not an apostle. 
I'm not a prophet, though we can use some of these gifts. I'm not any of them. But I know who I am. I'm a child of a living God. I'm a child with the call of God in my life. I'm called as a servant of God, a child of God. I know what I'm not, but I know who I am. And I know what I am. And every one of us needs a, a recognition of what we're not, but what we are. And the reality is, whatever you think you are, or whatever you are, I want to tell you, you are a voice. You are a voice. And our world needs a voice. And we send you with a voice. God sends you with a voice. And sometimes, let me just clarify something I help. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm getting sent here, or I'm getting sent there, and I'm getting sent somewhere, and I'm a bit scared of where I'm going and who the people, how people will react. If I'm, God's sending me anywhere, or the church is sending me anywhere, uh, and we send you into your workplace, we send you into your home, we send you to your school. But sometimes you can say, oh, I'm, I'm a bit scared, or I'm a bit frightened. What will people say? Who do they think I am? But it's interesting here. John the Baptist says, is a man sent from God, his name is John. These people that came to question him, it says, give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. People have been sent. We are sent, but other people have been sent for other things. But you know what? Sometimes even in hostile situations, and people are in our world and sent, we need to recognize that you carry the authority of the person who sent you. And let me just tell you something. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And there might be people sent into your life. You might go into people near. You might be concerned. I want to tell you, you don't need to fear. Because the one who is in you has sent you. And the one who is in them has sent them. But the one who is in you is greater than the one who sent them. The one who is in you is greater. You carry the authority of the one who sent you. And his authority is greater than any who is sent into your world. You know, our, our national leader, Pastor Glenn Barrett, was invited to the King's coronation this week. Uh, that's incredible, isn't it? He represents the Pentecostal churches, but he's actually met King Charles before. And he was introduced, and the person says, this is Glenn Barrett, pastor, uh, leader of AOG in the UK. And King Charles says, to him, oh, Assemblies of God. King Charles knows about Assemblies of God. But that's not my thought. But he said to our leader, national leader, oh, you Pentecostals submit to a higher authority than me. Wow. Wow. Okay. To which our national leader says, we do, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, we submit to a higher authority but we carry a higher authority in the name of Jesus. And when we have been saying we carry an authority that is greater than any other authority on planet Earth, but we need a proper perspective. Know who you are, know who you're not, know what God's called you to do and get on and do it. He also had a persistent purpose here. We need to live for purpose. Vision means to live for purpose. He had a proper perspective of who he was and who he wasn't, but a proper perspective of his purpose for life. And we need to live for purpose. It gives meaning to your life when you live for purpose. He says, I'm a voice to talk about Jesus. I'm a voice to proclaim Jesus. I'm a voice to declare Jesus. That's my perspective. No, we are a voice. At times, it's not just what we say. The way we act, our actions can speak loud in words. But as we heard this week, it doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't have a voice. We heard this week that we've, you've probably known the statement, I've heard it from Francis of Assisi, who says, preach the gospel. 
at all times. If necessary, use words. And sometimes we've taken that to the extreme in which we've just acted and not preached the gospel with words. But we heard this week that St. Francis of Assisi, Assisi used his words and he spoke the gospel in situations. Listen, yes, we act out love. Yes, we act out the kingdom of God. But you know what? We are crying out for a voice in our nation to speak the gospel, to speak the truth. And we heard from a speaker called Dr. Amy Orr Ewing, who's a great into apologetics and that sense of the world today. And she says the world is crying out for certainty. The world is crying out for truth. And the world and God is back on the agenda. God is back on uh, the talk, the conversation, because he is a certainty. He is the truth. And we need to proclaim in this generation to our world. We need our voice to proclaim, you know what? There is certainty. There is truth. There is hope in the name of Jesus. You're looking for certainty in life. It's found in Jesus. Christ, you're looking for hope in this life, it's found in Jesus Christ, whatever you're looking for, there's the truth of Jesus Christ, and we need to use a voice, he came as a witness to testify to Jesus, that through him others may believe, and sometimes just to free you and release you, we're called to be a witness, we're called to use a voice as a witness, but listen, that's not an expert witness on what you don't know. Sometimes we get scared, oh, what, um, what can I say? How can I say? How can I use my voice? Listen, a witness is a person who sees an event or has knowledge of from experience or observation or is present at an event that happened. I.e., if you don't know, it's okay. As we send you into the world and as God sends you into the world, you don't need to have 15 degrees and letters after your name. You don't need to have a theological understanding of the Greek and Hebrew of the Old and New Testament. You don't need to understand every aspect of the Trinity. You don't need to understand everything about the second coming of eschatology. You don't need understanding fully. I'm not saying don't get understanding, but listen, but in order to be a witness, all you need to do is say what you know, say what you see. You know, there was a man who Jesus healed once, and there was a lot of questions getting flung at him. He was blind, and then God, Jesus touched him, and his eyes were open, and there's a whole lot of bunch of people asking him, what happened? What do you know? How did it happen? Who's this, that next thing? And he can sense that one day he just gets so frustrated. I don't know. One thing I do know, once I was blind, and now I can see I'm a witness. I was there when it happened. I can tell you that. You can argue theology to your blue in the face, and I don't know what you're talking about. But one thing you cannot take away from me, I'm going to use my voice, and I'm going to declare, there was once I was blind, but now I can see. I was blind, but now I can see. And everyone, there was once I was bound by sin, but Jesus set me free. There was once I was out, and Jesus healed me. There was once this happened, but no, Jesus set me free. That's what we're called to do. We're called to proclaim what Jesus has done in our life. But we need to do it persistently. What I love about John the Baptist here, and I'm going as quick as I can, says the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. Verse 35, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. And then they saw Jesus pass by. I.e., whether you have good days, whether you have bad days, you've got a next day. Jesus rose to make sure you have a next day. He came to fulfill his purpose, to destroy the works of the devil, to give you a next day. And your next day should be a persistent following of the purpose of God for your life. 
you know, we need an exit. I love about John. Listen, he knew his purpose and he persistently pursued it. Listen, he didn't have days where everybody liked him. There were days people didn't get him. There was days people were criticizing him. There was days people going to good days, had bad days. There were days where people just rejected him. There were days where he just, just had a bad time. But you know what? But he kept going. He persistently kept going. I love the phrase that we read in verse 35. It says, he was there again. He was there again. Listen, I want to encourage you to be there again, people. Okay. Oh, I've had a bad day, about a bad week at work. I'll say, but I'm there again in fellowship and worshiping God. I'm there again. Oh, I've had a bad day. I've not been great, but you know what? But I'm there again serving in the kids' ministry. I'm there again at the pre-based practice to get ready to lead God's people as worship. I'm there again to be a steward at the door when I've asked to be a steward again. I'm there again to serve the youth of our ministry. You know what? My persistent purpose in life means whether it's a good day, whether it's a bad day, whether it's a good week, whether it's a bad week, whether it's an in-between week. You know what? I'm going to be there again. I'm going to be there again because I've got a purpose and I've got a call in my life. And my purpose is to serve God, to proclaim His praises. And you know what, no matter where I've been, no matter, I'm going to be there again, Pearson. Oh, I'll get rejected. Oh, people gave me a hard time this week. But you know what, I'm going to be there again to serve the living God. Some of the kids were a pain. I'm not saying some of the kids were hard work maybe last week. But you know what? I'm going to be there again to minister and input into the life of a generation coming after me. Somebody gave me a hard time at the door this last week. I'm just using an example. But you know what? I'm going to be there again next week to welcome people and greet them in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody says, I didn't like that song we worshipped. But you know what? I'm going to be there again to be worshipping and lead God's people in worship again. I'm going to be there again. Somebody's left me. Somebody's left the church. Somebody didn't like what I said. But you know what? We're still going to proclaim the name of Jesus. We can self-proclaim. We're going to be there again, people. Do you know why? Because we've got a call of God in our lives to be a voice, and there's voices out there that will try to stop our voices being heard. But listen, all I'm saying today, with difficulty, I appreciate that. We are a voice, and we need to proclaim the voice, the message, and we need to do it again and again and again, and we need to be those who serve again and again and again. And thirdly and lastly, he prioritized people. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Wow. 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 I won't be able to fully express this, but I just trust that God by his spirit does something within us today. No, that's our win. That's our success. When we use our voice, people follow Jesus. Just think of that. Just think of the enormity of that. The transformational power of our voice. We speak Jesus. People begin to follow Jesus. Listen, just think of that. Just think the heart of our vision of our church is not to build a name for ourselves. It's not to glorify us. It's not to put a fancy phrase on the board. Eternal issues are at stake. Eternity is at stake. There are people going to hell. There are people bound. There's people who are going through so much. But John, because in good days and bad days, he had an opportunity one day just to speak. And people that listened to him and they started following Jesus. They followed Jesus. Listen. Please, as a church, we need a mission. 
that seeing people set free from enemies' clutches. We need to be a people with a voice, that people start confessing Jesus with their voice, that people are taken from the destiny of hell and the destiny of heaven and eternity with Jesus Christ. Listen, we've got a mission, we've got a message, but listen, there are people in our world who are going to hell, and we need to raise our voice, we need to proclaim there's an answer, we need to proclaim that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We need not to be frightened. We just need to proclaim it. John the Baptist one day started speaking, Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't do many major. He just said, Here's the Lamb of God. He's the one. Here's the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples says, Cheerio, John. Cheerio, John. We're gone. We're gone. And John then says, Gone, yes. Yes, yes, it's not to make disciples of me. It's to make disciples of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our success is when people hear us speak, people see us in our life, and they start following Jesus. That's what we're about, folks. Can we stand as the band come back? God, please take my rabble and I pray your spirit right now will just drop things in our hearts. By your spirit, just speak to us, Lord. Just put something within us. Father, give us a proper perspective of who we are. Lord, there's some people, Lord, and you know you've, you've got such a low thought of yourself. And just believe God wants to drop into you that you're a child of the living God. You're cleansed. You're, you're someone who God says, God sees a giant inside you. God sees potential in you. Recognize you're not what you are. Don't try to be who you're not. Don't try and do what you can't do. But be the best you, because God has got a call on you. God's purpose is in you. God's life and power is in you. And stand up and know who you are in God. And some of you, you know there's a call, but there's something in you which has stopped you for pursuing and fulfilling, ministering, calling, because you've been hurt, you've been pain. But you know, keep going. Today, God starts something in us to keep going, to be persistent in our purpose, through good days, through bad days. Because why? Because there are people in our world who need to hear us speak. They need to hear our voice. They need to see us in action so that they can follow Jesus. Father, our heart's desire is to be people who have a voice which brings honor and glory to you and also brings people to you. Lord, as we go out into wherever we go this week, Help us to be who you've called us to be. Let us stand tall in you and recognize who we are in God. And we might have good days, we might have bad days this week. We might have mixed days. But Lord, help us to have something within us to say we're going to keep going. I'm going to keep worshiping. Oh Lord, my prayers have to be answered, but you know what? I'm still going to pray. We heard from Pastor Russell Evans. Um, this is just his speech it's going to be preached all over the UK today we've heard of push means pray until something happens you know what 
We need to praise until something happens. We need to plant until something happens. We need to position ourselves until something happens. We need to proclaim until something happens. And we need to partner together until something happens. I we keep going until something happens. Lord, we're going to be persistent people to follow your purpose for life. And Lord, help us to make people a priority. People who are lost. Once we were lost, but now we're found. But our call is to proclaim you so others hear us and hear our voice and follow you. If you're in here today and maybe you're watching and you don't follow Jesus yet, you don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity today to say yes to Jesus. Just say this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I recognize that I am lost, but I recognize that you paid the price for me to be found and to come into relationship with you. Forgive me and come and be my savior. I make a decision today to follow Jesus. If that's you today, please, could you go over to the corner at the connection point to the end of the service and we can help you. If you're watching online, please click the button that takes you to secure site and we'll be in touch to help you begin your journey, your walk in following Jesus. Amen.